Hi, this is Curlbro, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. And if you don't, I hope you leave enough room for my fists, because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your spine. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to sign up today. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 132 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. Of course, it wouldn't be a show without George. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we watch an oddly structured new horror film that'll have you second-guessing that next Airbnb reservation, test drive the latest indexer application to help you with your internet public domain acquisitions, and play a card game where your path to victory is paved with your knowledge of world history. You should have seen George smirk when I started talking about the internet public domain. (laughs) Before we get into those topics and many more, though, it's time for some fourth listener email. The fourth listener email this time around is actually quite interesting educational. What? It cannot be one of our fourth listeners. No, it really is. <laughs> Not only is it a fourth listener, it is one of our patrons who wrote oh, in. Well, better. you didn't okay. say that. That's not fair. You can't pull the rug out from under me and tell me it's a fourth listener, but then later on it's a patron. Now I feel like shit. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. They canceled because of George. Anything that damages possible revenue, George is now super upset because he said anything. <laughs> <laughs> This is Devin. So Devin wrote in, uh, and the subject line of the email that Devin dropped us was fourth listener correction corner. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Here's what he says. Hey, guys, a quick correction to make to an episode from almost three years back. Oh, damn. I'm curious to know, is it wrong now because of time having passed, or is it was it wrong back then? I don't know that we'll remember. (laughs) Mo will. I know. So you ready, Mo? Okay. Yeah, go for it. In your Remembering Pluto episode of August 2019. All right. So at least one of us remembers this episode. Yeah, I remember that one. Good. All right. (laughs) John gives listeners an overview of the solar system and dispenses many interesting facts about the sun, including its mass puts it in the top 10% of all stars in the universe. It has already burned through half of its core hydrogen. All true. Okay. However, there's always a however. John also claimed that the sun's end would come 5 billion years from now by collapsing into a black hole. In actuality, the sun is too small. Wait, you said that? Look, I didn't go back. I'm trusting Devin. Apparently I did. Do you already think that's stupid? Why didn't you correct me back then, That's something I would totally, um, actually on that one. (laughs) Listen, he had a time code from the episode, so I have confidence that he's right, that I did say it. Awesome. Now it's not my fault. It's Mo's fault for not correcting me. This is going great. Is it because his time code says it's like... 4.99 4.99 billion years and you got the 5 billion wrong? No, no. Time code okay. of the episode, like <laughs> the where episode I said this. Said not, not time code of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In actuality, the sun is, as Mo knows, the sun is too mm-hmm. small to become a black hole. It would need yeah. to be more than eight times as massive for that to happen. True. See? See? Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Your fault, Mo. I've mean, never yeah. seen a star collapse, so I got no frame of reference. In my defense, I've never seen a star collapse. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, once the sun has fused most of its core hydrogen and helium, it will expand into a red giant up to 250 times its current size, engulfing Mercury, Venus, and likely even the Earth. So, hey, if yep. we're around, we'll get to see it finally. George, we'll finally get to see the, the sun explode I, or, or what, expand. We don't or... see that damn thing here in Florida? Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Well, it hasn't engulfed the planet yet. Okay. I could be under 20 blankets in a house in a closet and still see that thing in Florida. You <laughs> and get a sunburn. Right. <laughs> Once all nuclear reactions cease, the sun will eject its outer layers into space as a planetary nebula, while the core will collapse into a compact white dwarf roughly the size of the Earth. Yeah, he's right there, too. The Mo. Yeah, of course. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's actually right. Yeah, Mo should have brought all this shit up three I years agree. ago. I don't yep. believe, I think Mo's just agreeing with this guy because he sounds well, scientific. I think I was early in our podcasting days, and I was probably like, oh, don't want to correct John on air. That's bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now he doesn't give a shit. You're cured of that. I can yeah, tell oh, you. Yeah, I'm way over that now. He says that white dwarf will be initially 100 times as luminous as our present sun, will slowly cool in temperature and fade in brightness over trillions of years, eventually becomes so cold that it stops shining and becomes a black dwarf. Now, I, I, I'm actually him on this? D- oh, yes, Lord. do it. No, he's a patron. Didn't we establish this Listen, already? Devin, open this can of whoop-ass. Moe's going to close it. <laughs> do it. Do it, Mo. What do you got? Okay, I'm going to say, um, actually, they're not sure it's going to become a black dwarf because they've never witnessed one. There has not been one seen yet. Hmm. Basically, the okay. universe is not old enough for those who have occurred yet. I don't know if you can um actually that. Well, basically, he's saying it's a fact, and we don't know it's a fact. Oh, Do it's we a know theory. any theory. of this is a fact? Well, yeah. Well, some How? of it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's been around 250 trillion years. We've seen other stars. We know what's going on. Yeah, but we don't know the time or what really have We weren't there. They do oh, this carbon dating and they timing based on chemicals. They know they how t- big it is. They know how much hydrogen. They know how fast it burns. All right. yeah. I'm a math Give guy. Or take That's a billion stretching years. it. <laughs> You're assuming a lot of constants in that math equation. <laughs> but still, though, everything else is completely right. <laughs> <laughs> Before Devin knew you were going to um actually him, he he signed off his email, forthfully yours, love it, Devin. Now, nah, don't cool. you feel bad? <laughs> not really. No, but not, not really. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm glad he corrects us. I, I listen. I, the fact that a it tells me somebody's listening to stuff from the past, so our back catalog is being used. Yes, that's one. Listening carefully and listening carefully enough to actually realize <laughs> when we screw up and care enough about us to let us know. That's so true. I, I that's count it as awesome. a win-win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and plus, it's a patron so oh, Devin, it's a win-win-win-win now it was. thank you so much might not be now <laughs> so he, he'll be right no matter he was what up until this episode published and now it's gonna be different <laughs> Devin, i thank you so much for listening for hearing the problem for writing in we love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to write into the show if you would like your email featured here on the show it's drop dead easy just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com read every single one and most of them like Devin's, eventually do make the show all right gentlemen with that good business behind us this time to jump into the body of episode 132 right after this. Stick around. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Introducing New Style Shampoo with different scientific formulas for different kinds of hair. Style One. A shampoo that deep cleans oily hair and scalp. 
Style two. Scientific. A shampoo that moisturizes dry, brittle hair. Style three. Scientific. A shampoo that adds body to fine, limp hair. Style four. Scientific. A shampoo that lightly conditions normal hair. Get the scientific solution to your hair care problem. New style shampoo. It is time to get the ball rolling here at the top of the show, as we always do, talking about media we have been consuming. Now, it could be a television or film or books or comics or whatever we have been checking out. And Mo, I would like to start with you because I'm not sure yours falls into any of those boxes or categories. I couldn't figure out where to put this, actually. Mm -hmm. So we kind of say media and entertainment, and that's is kind of entertainment-y. So mm -hmm. that's why I put yeah. it here. Love it. Okay. Well, what is it? Oh, God. Okay, so I'm going to start off saying that whenever you look at reviews of this thing, everyone says, whatever you think it is, you're going to be wrong. <laughs> so let's start with that. All right. So basically, I was out in Denver, and they had this thing. It's called Meow Wolf. Okay, so that's the title of the thing. I was wondering if we were going to get to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it started in Santa Fe, and they now have expanded to two other locations, Vegas and Denver. Okay. They get local artists, and they basically create this whole interactive world on multiple floors. And you walk through this thing, and... It's all these like weird art pieces, but they're all made to look like a food store or a car or something like that. But hmm. they're all very like artistic and weird. And you have this card that some of these things have these computer panels on that you pulled your card next to it. And it gives you what they call basically trying to collect memories. And there's actually a mystery in this whole thing that you can solve. Hmm. And it's super cool just to experience it because you walk through. It's, it's this thing. The one I went to is four floors of this. And every inch is covered in something. And it's all supposed to be like very surreal, very otherworldly kind of thing. There's actually actors in costume that you can ask questions about. Whoa, really? In there as well. And they will answer questions in character. If you decide to whole pursue this whole mystery thing, I mean, I'll put a link to this in, this, in our show notes, of course, but it's really hard to explain, but it was just like a walkthrough art exhibit interactively. I don't know how else to explain it. I had no idea these elements. Like I went and looked at the website because, and you posted on Facebook a picture like, yeah. hey, we're at this Meow Wolf. And I'm like, what the hell's a Meow? Wolf, of course, yeah, I'm really. looking, but I didn't read this deep into it. Like the way you describe it, I had no interest until you described it. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not just an art exhibit. It sounds like it's no. like an interactive escape room, video game, dinner theater without the dinner kind of thing. They have a food court, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> they right, have they a have <laughs> but yeah, you know, it actually is. Wow. And what you're trying to do is like, you're collecting fragments of memories. And then when you collect all mm -hmm. parts of it, and then maybe two parts, maybe three parts. It's really video gaming. On the screen, you'll see a video, which is actually a clue to help you kind of solve this ultimate mystery. History. Mm -hmm. There's like these old pay phones around with like phone directories next to it. You can actually That's call cool. the numbers and sometimes you get like things answering. Mm. It's very bizarre. I think you put this in the right place. This sounds very much like the experience that I went to with my son and wife in Orlando, Penumbra, a few years ago. I remember ago. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So theater, interactivity. Yeah. So you're not only a viewer, but you're a participant in the mm -hmm. activity. Now, in that case, you had more influence over the how the story went. In this case, it sounds like you're more just interacting with the story, trying to discern all the different parts of it. But this is not an uncommon entertainment thing in this kind of space. It's just that I think the pandemic shut a lot of these things oh, down yeah, oh, yeah. because you, mm -hmm. you can't be in person doing these things. And you guys remember the escape rooms. John mentioned that as one of the descriptives. How many emails did we start getting from different chain escape rooms? Like here, play the online interactive yeah, escape yeah, room right. thing, not which was same. crap because it's not the same, right? <laughs> no, no, I, no, I think even. this is very interesting. I, 
I, I would love to experience it. You said it was where now? There's three of them. There's Santa Fe, New Mexico, where they started. They have one in Vegas and one in Denver. Okay. And the one mm. you went to was- Denver. Where? The Denver, Denver. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. This is really interesting. Captivating. I mean, we were there for, God, four hours yeah. and didn't feel like we solved the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, we think we figured out what the mystery- Because they only tell you what the mystery is. We think we figured out what that was. Mm-hmm. And we started getting clues towards it. We're like, okay, this is starting to make sense here. you know. But then it's like, it's just so much. And it's, a lot of it's like local artists and stuff to do the designs for all the rooms. They're all different. Like they have one area that's doing music where they have these like robots playing the instruments. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just Weird. very, very cool. And it's one of these things you just sort of experience it and I you just to. kind of look at it. Yeah. And you're like, I'm on board. Wow, this I've is got cool. to find this one. Is cool. Might be time for a trip to Vegas. Well, the one thing we haven't heard yet is how much this might cost. Oh, it's 45 bucks to get in. Okay. It's like a museum exhibit kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, it was completely booked except for Sunday morning. Mm. I love the fact that there's actually, it's not just a swarm of people. It's actually no. a booking process. There is a booking. Now, once you get it. in, you can stay as long as you want, but right. they gauge how fast you mm-hmm. go in there. And apparently we talked to her son who lives there and they've gone there multiple times hmm. because it also changes, but also they're trying to still figure this thing out and they feel like mm-hmm. they get a little closer. So they go back and they're revisiting it and re-experiencing it. It's a very smart entertainment business model. It, it really is. Brings people back. It's like the escape room thing, although it sounds mm-hmm. like what you're saying, it can change over faster and easier than those things can. And the fact that it's more... I want to say more immersive than, than an escape oh, room, unless you're talking yeah. about the top tier escape rooms, maybe, you know, and it's unique. Yep. Yeah. yeah. seems like I, I'll go to the Vegas one if I get back out to Vegas anytime in the near future. It's, it's definitely worth it because there were parts in it. We're sitting there looking at something and we're just having a great time. We're seeing somebody else have a great time. And they looked at us and said, do you have any idea what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea at all. <laughs> nope, like, okay, neither, neither do we. And they're still laughing, you know, and having a great time at it. So That's neat. It, it was very cool. Very, very weird. And definitely I've not been to something like this ever. So is unique, which was made it even cooler. Meow Wolf. And a weird Meow name, Wolf. too. D- does the name make any sense now that you've been there? Does it make any more nope, sense? Or is none. it just kind of abstract? I think it's just abstract. That experience was just crazy. But John, you just went to like a regular old movie, right? Yeah, I, I just went to standard <laughs> media. I didn't go to a creative indoor, outdoor, solve the mystery art piece. I just I just sat and ate popcorn is all I did. But the good news is what I did see, probably the best horror film I have seen in maybe a couple, maybe three years. Really good. Really? Yeah. I'm becoming dubious about these statements because last like three or four movies, the best thing I've seen this year or the you best- You say that about Black Phone. Yeah. Just because you didn't like pig or big fur. <laughs> big fur. <laughs> so you probably heard of Barbarian. You've probably seen the yeah. posters. You've probably seen, seen oh, the trailers. The trailer. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the film. Now, if you've seen the trailer, it, here's the thing. I've got to be really careful because this is one of those films that if I talk about it too much, it's not like I'm spoiling a twist, but I'm spoiling everything. About, it's so hard to explain what I don't want to tell you, but I'll tell you <laughs> what I can to convince you why it's a really neat movie. Now, first of all, it's called Barbarian. Mm-hmm. I'm still not totally certain why it's called Barbarian. The premise is this young lady is going to a job interview in Detroit. So first of all, it's modern Detroit. So it's very rundown and you know sketchy in some areas. Mm-hmm. And she rents an Airbnb. She gets there. You've seen this in the trailer. She goes yeah. to check the key. And a dude's and already there. there. Yeah. And the opening premise is like, oh, well, hey, you just, I mean, come on in and we'll work this out. And of course, she's very skeptical. Like, I'm not yeah. coming. I don't know you. I don't know what you're doing. Did you break in? All this. And they cover all that actually in the movie. And the, the tiny bit I'll tell you is that is not not what the movie is about 
ultimately it is about this airbnb it is about them both being there okay but it's much bigger than that it stars georgina campbell who i've never seen before great actress she's awesome in this bill skarsgård who i mm-hmm. think played oh, yeah. pennywise in it didn't he and then eventually though you didn't see him in the trailer and i'm not going to tell you when and how you see him justin long shows up in this film as well really? as another well, major just that description <laughs> It's already kind of... It makes it sketchy. You're like, I don't want to see this stupid thing. Does it make any sense? In many ways, this is a very classic kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre style horror movie. But in many ways, it's a Pulp Fiction-esque, how the hell did we get here? I thought we were watching some other story, kind of we're jumping into something else kind of thing. Jumping in time and seeing different stuff. I'm afraid to say too much more about the plot, but the performances are great. Jump scares galore, if you like that kind of thing, which is really (laughs) cool. There's a great moment that remind me, we just talked a few episodes ago about Nope. There's a scene in this film where someone is standing looking at something that they could or could not just venture toward and deal with and they kind of go nope (laughs) they recognize (laughs) i should not do that the only clue i have why it might be called the barbarian is that it all happens on this airbnb on barbary street like barbary barbarian maybe but Mm. it's not it's clearly there's there's nobody swinging hatchets there's nobody watching the lamentations of your woman nothing of that is happening (laughs) in this film and i I, though you've both seen the trailer i know neither of you have seen it because nobody is nodding knowingly yeah do you know anything more about you heard anything more about it i know there's tunnels might be. I'm not going to confirm. Possible. Well, that was in the trailer. You see her <laughs> okay. go down some stairs and some That's creepy true. stairs. Yep. Which, sure. Because yep. I remember that specifically because I was looking at my girlfriend like, why the hell is she going down those stairs? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then there was some weird stuff after that, but I don't. That's about it. True, all I, true. Yeah, I don't want to know much about it until I Good. see it because yeah. what I saw in the trailer was intriguing enough, and I'm of the mindset that I don't like trailers that give away the whole movie. Yeah, for sure. and so then you go to see the movie, and all the best parts were in the five minutes I watched. Yeah, in mm-hmm. trailers, I'm like, well, yep. shit, there goes an hour and a half that I didn't need to waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie feels that way to me, so I don't want to take a chance. Black Phone nearly did that. Even they kind of told you too Black much. Phone. Yeah, you're right. But they, they kind of yeah, did a little point. too much mm-hmm. with that. They could have done a lot less with those trailers. Still made me go. Uh, another one that I'm not sure how it's going to turn out like that is Smile. Smile looks yeah. like maybe it's given too much away. It does. Know, right? yeah. But you don't know. Yep. Yep. Then there's movies that don't give enough away like Nope. Like I had no idea what that movie was Nope was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Nope was the best example of a trailer like that. Yeah. And in hindsight, the trailer for this one kind of felt like that. I went into this very, very, very cautious because... I've been burned by movies that they'll either show you everything that's awesome, like you said, or they'll yeah. show you so little because they have nothing to show, right? Like, right. oh, we'll, we'll make like it's really spooky and you're not going to tell you because there's nothing to see. It's not the case here. There's plenty to see. There's plenty to do. The problem is if they showed any of it in the trailer, you'd be sitting through the first 45 minutes of this movie going, where'd all that shit in the trailer go? Like, none of that is here. <laughs> like, remember the first few minutes of Nope when the, the monkey show yeah. is happening? Like, yeah. what movie is this? Right. That kind of happens midway through the film several times and it all folds together and it makes a compelling story. It makes you walk out of the theater going, holy shit, what just happened? What did I just see? I want to know more. I want to research it. So that's all I'm going to say about this movie. Barbarian was it like super gory? That's all I'm going to say about this movie. Okay. All right. We keep trying to leech stuff out of you. I think we just need to move on past it because otherwise. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to stop right there. You should see it. If you like horror movies, and I know you guys do, listeners, if you enjoy it, see Barbarian. It is worth your time. Like a 
94% Rotten Tomatoes audience is wow. even like 70 something. So yeah, you got to, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. Go see Barbarian. That's it. In fact, I'm going to stop talking. George, what is your pick? I'm not talking about Barbarian anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, fortunately, mine is something we can talk completely about because Excellent. it's not okay, about good. spoilers or anything like that. Okay. Nice. It is something that I find fun because, John, admittedly, you're not a sports guy. We've talked about that. We joked about that on the show. Fact. We made many a mention of that. <laughs> I think I finally found a sports thing mm. and a sport that you would enjoy. Okay. Okay. I know no, that's I'm saying a lot because you're not a sports guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like sporting the flavor of it and the, the compassion right. and the camaraderie like the and that kind of thing. That yeah. Kind of stuff. It's just, I don't want to watch it every damn week to watch the same different I think 20 this guys thing you fight. might want to watch at least <laughs> once. You might want to okay. watch it more than once. All right. All right. All right. Lay it on me. So ESPN2 and ESPN Plus debuted a series last month mm-hmm. called Banana. Banana Land. <laughs> I know. Uh, what? I, I'm sorry. I know. Uh, it, it sounded like you said Banana Land. <laughs> I did say Banana Land. Oh, let oh, me okay. read the synopsis. <laughs> okay. This fun special series goes behind the scenes with the most entertaining minor league baseball team in the history of diamond shenanigans, the Savannah Bananas of the Coastal Plain <laughs> League. Coastal Plain League. And then I added, think Harlem Globetrotters for baseball. Hmm. Huh? Okay. Was there a real minor league team? They are a real minor league team. They have played in this Coastal Plain League for years. The difference that they're doing now, the thing Mm -hmm. that they've changed over the last year or so that they've embarked on that ESPN is doing this documentary of, their owner, a man named Jesse Cole, he wants to create entertainment more than sports because he believes fans will be more loyal to an entertainment brand than a sports brand. He has been a manager of another minor league baseball team in his past. So that's how he's kind of been in this. Mm -hmm. He actually had a very good shot at going pro before he was injured in his college career. And Mm -hmm. he loves baseball. Okay. He hates baseball rules. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm the other way around. I hate baseball, but I love the rules. (laughs) What he decided to do he created an environment to entertain the fans because he noticed that the fans would get up and leave in the middle of a boring game, right? Mm -hmm. One team's ahead by nine runs. Who the hell cares in the last five innings? Let me go home and watch the latest episode of Stranger Things. He realized that that was hurting his team financially. He is more interested in keeping fans in the stadium and making it a fun event because he loves baseball so much. He wants everybody to love it. So what he did was he created a new style of baseball called banana ball. (laughs) Hold on. Banana ball. (laughs) He did it. Now, the other thing that he did when I talked about being Harlem Globetrotters, he has now founded the his team, but he's mm-hmm. also put together their rival team. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters oh, right. always play the Washington Generals. The Senators. Oh, Generals. Yeah. Think, no, Generals. Senators. Yeah. Senators, Generals. What, no, some of them from Washington. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was never from Washington. They all played together, right? <laughs> right. And they went on the tours together. That's what he's done with this. And they have gone on a tour. They've done a five or six city tour that's part of this oh. season. I want to give you the rules because this is the part that I think John will enjoy about baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> because everybody hates the boring slowness of baseball. You guys know me being such a big baseball guy. I have a hard time watching baseball now because of my history with it. But Mm -hmm. even I have to admit it can get kind of boring sometimes. (laughs) So here's the rules. First rule, every inning counts. Whichever team scores the most runs in a particular inning, they get one point for that inning. 
Oh. So you're trying to win an inning. At the end of the game, whoever has the most points. So no blowouts. Wins the game. So if you score 11 runs in inning one, but I score one run in each of the next eight innings, I win. Oh, okay. so the ninth okay. inning matters. Probably a rubber match, like most likely. Right. So okay. that's why people might want to stay in the stands longer. Mm-hmm. Right. The score is irrelevant. The 11 to 8 doesn't matter. It's who won the most innings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second one. Two-hour time limit. Oh. No game is allowed to go more than two hours. If it goes to two hours, whatever the score is, it is. Oh. Now, I know what you're saying. Game ends at two hours. What if it's a tie? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm intrigued. Rule number three, no stepping out. Now, stepping you guys out. have seen baseball once or twice. Have you ever noticed right. that in between almost every goddamn pitch, a batter will step out of the batting box, oh, take right. his time, dust his cleats off, swing right. his yeah, bat. And hit the bat on his shoes, all that crap. Right. Yeah. So Jesse Cole hates that because it wastes time. So mm-hmm. nobody steps out of the box. Okay. If you step out of the box, you're out. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. wow. They're serious That's about it. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fourth rule. No bunting. Why? Because <laughs> bunting sucks. Because <laughs> If a boring. batter bunts the ball, he's immediately thrown out of the game. Holy. Wow. Like out of the game. Out of the game. Not just out. No. <laughs> I need to watch this. Yeah. Fifth rule. Batters can steal first. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so, all right, I'm in. You can keep talking if you want, but I'm in. This is actually an adaption <laughs> of a real rule in regular baseball. If there is a wild pitch on the third strike, the right. batter has the opportunity to run running. to first base, right? right? It, it's actually a tip rule. Anyway. Did you say so? Okay. In this case, right. any wild pitch or any pass ball, meaning any ball that gets past the catcher, mm-hmm. at any time, You're the batter ass. can take off toward first. <laughs> Now, MLB should just pick up these rules. These right? sound, these make it interesting. It sounds like. I'm not done yet. Okay. What Rule else? number six, no walks allowed. What? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> if the pitcher throws a fourth ball, mm-hmm. it becomes a sprint. The hitter can immediately take off and try to run as many bases as he can. He can still be thrown out. The catcher okay. has to throw the ball to every fielder before they can try and tag the runner out. Every Wait, fielder? Every fielder? <laughs> every fielder except for the pitcher and catcher. Everybody else has to touch the ball once before they can try and tag the batter out. First, right field, left field, First, center short, field. second, yeah, everybody. Almost like everybody what? hauls ass in, touches the ball. Oh, okay. This is a clown I've show. I've seen some of the plays. It's funny. Oh, okay. Uh, the next rule, the tiebreaker that we talked about earlier that could happen at the two-hour run limit. Yeah. One-on-one showdown for everything. You have one hitter, one pitcher, and one fielder. Whoever wins, wins. That's the game. What? Huh? If the hitter gets a hit and makes it home, he wins. Right. But if the fielder can grab it, throw it to the pitcher, if the pitcher, pitcher for can third, get him out. Oh. Yep. Huh. All right. This is strange. Next to last rule. Oh. <laughs> no mound visits are allowed. Again, another time wasting yeah, rule. Right. You know how coaches and catchers we'll walk, walk out to the, and... you know, we chat, we try and relax the mm-hmm. pitcher, you know, talk yep. about strategy. No nope, shit. shit. That's do. done. Nope. <laughs> no, so get rid of time waster. And here, probably one of my favorite rules in all of banana ball. There's <laughs> <laughs> better ones? If a fan catches a foul ball, yeah. the hitter's out. <laughs> they're in the game yes the fans are part they're of the, in the game. game oh my god <laughs> how could you write a set of rules that would be more inclusive and more fun for a group of people going to watch what is traditionally thought of as a boring sporting event mm-hmm. right they've released four episodes the fifth episode releases the day after we recorded this podcast oh, they're on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus you can go watch them if you have any of those services Banana Land. I think it's well worth it I've watched 
watched the first two episodes and I've purposely not watched any others until we talked about it because I still want to have fun figuring <laughs> out what's going to happen. So is it more of like a documentary? The story is a documentary. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. They talk about the coaches and the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter mm-hmm. of fact, the head manager of the team is a, is a former major league baseball player himself. They have several major okay. league people involved in this. They're former major league people, but they're all characters. Inanible. Every single one of them, like Eric Burns, he is the epitome of what you th- would think a manager of a team like this should be mm, like he's showman, just bonkers. I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just bonkers. Like he wears a Yeti style vest. Oh, like it's don't all tell John that. Don't tell John that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So it's fun. It's a documentary and he's wearing a Yeti vest. I mean, yes. It tickles all the boxes. I feel like you're putting me on. I'm going to search for this and it won't exist. You're just, no, you're, you're, it you're absolutely does. And this is a real show. <laughs> all right. You win, George. Banana Land. I'm going to watch it. There you this go. Like something that'd be on like ESPN Ocho, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Dan and Body is a fit, trim body, so start a program of exercise and eating right and make Dan and Yogurt part of it. Everybody can get a Dan and Body. Who can? You can get a Dan and Body. Wow! All right, let's get into tech and toys. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, let's randomly, John, you go first. I can do it. Yeah. He's got a spinner wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Mine this time around is a toy. Oh, cool. So George is not going to like this story. Mo, you will. Okay. We have lots of toy shows come through our town uh, that don't yes. go through George's town. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah. So I went to one recently. It was a few weeks ago. It, it was a relatively small uh, little show. And you, know, you walk around, you see there's tons of Star Wars stuff. There's tons of old action figures. There's tons of He-Man stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you never know what you're going to run across. Remember, last time I had one, I found that cool Dungeons & Dragons Labyrinth game. Game, which was so yeah. cool that cost people money, but it was really, really fun. This time around, I spotted something that's not in high demand by anybody, but <laughs> me, probably. Okay. <laughs> Looking in this little case where they have like the expensive action figures under glass, you're not supposed to touch them. And I saw this little box that's maybe two inches by three inches. It is a Lego set from 1973 called the Lego Payloader. Payloader. Look, it's not a big deal. It's an ancient 
ancient Lego set. It's only 27 pieces and oh, it's, it's not even rare. You could buy them online for 20 or 30 bucks, right? Okay. The thing is I had that very set. Oh. It's a little tractor with a front mm. end fork that, you know, can lift up right. dirt with a little, remember the old Lego pieces that were glass? They were basically frosted bricks. You could kind of vaguely see through. Those were the like windows. Like windows and stuff, right? Right. So I'm like, oh my God, I had this. And this is a box with all the pieces, with the instructions and with the catalog in there that you would have gotten with it. I'm like, I'm afraid to ask, how much is it? He's like, 10 bucks. I'm like, that was the wrong answer because now I have to buy it. It was <laughs> properly priced. So I bought it, took it home, opened it up. It's in remarkable shape, not perfect, but remarkable shape. The thing mm-hmm. is, in a closet, I have a small tub of my original childhood Legos. In <laughs> that tub are some pieces from my old original 1973 Lego payload. Oh, in the one that I bought, the little fork, the, the little scoop on the front of the thing was mm-hmm. cracked. One of the arms is cracked. Well, I went to my little tub in the closet. I dug through. <laughs> I have that special piece. And now I, by taking the pieces I had and the pieces that were in this, of which there were only like three that had any damage or markups or anything. And I made a perfect reproduction now of that. That set in great shape with the manual, with the catalog, with the nice. box, all of it. I remember when my parents bought me this. Like until I saw it sitting in the, in the toy show, I didn't remember specifics about it. But as soon as I saw it, like a light bulb went on. I'm like, I remember being in the store. I remember being in the car opening it. I remember dropping pieces on the floor. And now <laughs> I've got it again. It's it's on the set in my studio here in the bot behind me because it's just one of those touchstone things. It's like I didn't know I missed it, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like I think I have pieces from it at home, and I did. For That's 10 cool. bucks at this toy show, I picked up something that nobody cares about and it meant so much to me. And now it's on the shelf. That is nice. That absolutely earned. I had other tech lined up. This is the toy pick for me <laughs> this time around. It was such a great. I'm sorry, I mean, George, there aren't toy at shows. At least in your area. you didn't cause me to spend $240 on a I Lego did not. Set. I didn't cost That's you true. any That's money. That's true. There is that. So, right. you, for 10 bucks, you can go get one yourself. It won't mean anything to you. If right? I had a toy show, maybe I could. <laughs> <laughs> So th- that's my pick. It's pure nostalgia for me. Really that's easy cool, to though. pick up. I'm happy you found it. Yeah. So George, how about you? If you don't toy shows, what are you doing to entertain yourself in the tech sector? <laughs> well, um, that's a loaded question, but I'll try and get around it because I'm going to talk about a tech <laughs> thing instead of a toy thing. All right. Um, ready. You guys know my love of the uh, public domain, and we <laughs> yep. have uh, since converted over to the ARR platform of gathering utilities, sonar, mm-hmm. radar. Radar, oh, right. Right. Okay. those kinds yes. of things, yeah. LIDAR, whatever, right? That gather those public domain uh, files that we like to use. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the pieces of that puzzle that John and I worked together, I think I kind of helped you set it up a little bit, was called Jacket. You did, yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was all, yep. yeah. Yeah. And then I paid it forward. I took your knowledge and gave it to Mo. He's, he was on right. Jacket. Yes. Well. I'm using yeah. it too. It's awesome. <laughs> so, Jacket normally, it's a thing that makes part of the process of culling all these individual listing groups called indexers into mm-hmm. one application so that you can manage them for your sonar or radar or right. mm-hmm. LIDAR, mm-hmm. whatever ARR thing you're using. Mm-hmm. I've had some problems recently with Jacket because oh, really? they have they no longer support a part of their URL that does the all part where, you know, you put NZB slash all at the end of the URL that you put in your sonar or radar. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to see all the indexers that Jacket has. Well, as my Jacket automatically updates and upgrades, which I allow mm-hmm. it to do, right. they've stopped supporting that feature and it broke on me. So since they don't support it and it broke on That's me. That's going to exclude a lot of indexers and make things harder to find. Yeah, it does. Now, mine was kind of halfway working 
So okay. I was still getting some indexing, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I looked to see if there was anything like Jacket. Well, guess what? The Sonar Radar people have created a thing called Prowler. Oh. oh. It's Prowler. Jacket, but in <laughs> their style of user interface, uh-huh. oh. which I love. Right? It runs as a service just like Jacket does, so you don't have any changes there. Mm-hmm. And arguably, it's easier to set up because it's in their family of platforms. Hmm. It's very straightforward. All you have to have is the IP and port number of the application you want to attach to it, sonar, radar, whatever. Mm -hmm. The IP slash port number of the Prowler itself, Mm -hmm. which you know because you're logged into it at that moment. And then the API key from the sonar or radar application. Right. You put those three things in the place where you set up what's called an app. Mm -hmm. It's connected. Not only is it connected, when you then go to look at sonar or radar in your indexer section, Mm -hmm. all of the indexers that you have put in Prowler, that you subscribe to in Prowler, are mm-hmm. automatically in there as individual indexers. Okay. That saves you all that manual setup. Okay. Yeah. It saves you a little bit more. It only puts the indexers in there that relate to the material that that application uses. So for Sonar oh, TV mm-hmm. show, right. it only puts the TV show indexers in there. Oh. I have discovered that makes your searches way faster. I would sure. Yeah, I would imagine. Same thing with Radar or any of the other stuff. So only the indexers that you need are the mm-hmm. ones that are in your app application for whatever media content you're trying to grab is. And you find stuff is coming in more regularly now? I remember you'd mentioned to me it was like, mm-hmm. it was kind of spotty, hit or miss before yeah, Jack. absolutely. Stuff is more regular, it's faster, mm. it automatically does all the tagging that your torrent tool might use, like we use Qubit Torrent, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. you know, we get those little category tags right. like Sonar, sure. Radar, whatever, does all that stuff automatically, and I have discovered, and I'll talk about more of these ARR platform pieces, there are a lot more out there now than there were just a few really? years ago for a lot of different things. Hmm. Oh, I didn't even so, know that. Man. No, I think it's really worth it. I think if you're in this space, this is something you should look at. Hmm. Interesting. I tell you, I saw you had this in the list. You'd mentioned it the other day to me. You inspired me. I was able to go and set up a Prowler Docker mm-hmm. on my Unraid system. Right. <gasps> the first one I've ever tried, and it's about half set up, and I'm just waiting for this show to say, hey, George, will you help me finish getting it set up? Because <laughs> it, it's already working a little. I can manual search and send things straight to Qubit. The integration right. with the apps was a little bit different. I wasn't sure. And I'm like, I'm just going to tap him because he's done it, it sounds like. But the setup was easy with Unraid. I just picked a Docker and up it went. And, and you heard Mo gasp. He's like, oh, yeah, I can Unraid. do that too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing yep. there's no reason you have to abandon jacket. You can have multiple indexers no, if you want. No, I still have jacket open and active on my system. But it's, it's no risk. You're adding it jacket and is it just out. another indexer mm-hmm. to right. your application. So, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. You've infected yeah. you infected me with all of these apps. You made me that leave all the other too. things I was using. And you're right. And now this one, I think, is, yeah. I'm, I'm testing They're it right now. They're super helpful if I'm you're ready. in the space. If you're not, Very cool. maybe not as helpful. But In the public domain space. As George was in a space with his tech item. <laughs> that I've recently found out that more people in this country are in than are in the other space, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. For the first time uh, in a while. Well, of one platform of this thing. I'll let Mo explain. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so my tech is about the iOS 16 release. They just released, there's a whole new phone, but I don't, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Right. So, but they released a new iOS and I really just, this is more of a discussion. Okay. Do you get a feeling that, they're running out of things to do on your phone. Oh, absolutely. For your phone to do. I do. Mm-hmm. Because they had this new iOS release. They had, you know, Apple, 
big, huge fanfare. You know, they mm-hmm. had the big t- thing. And I'm looking at what it does. It does some things that are kind of neat. Like, oh, you got more widgets. You got more. Th- but nothing that would be like, wow, I never thought I needed that. Hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, that's just what I was thinking. I really wanted to change the font of the clock. Yeah, I, no, I never cared. I mean, now that I can, <laughs> I do it. But I never cared about that before. Right. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, they keep doing this. And I'm looking at this new iOS release. And I'm like, eh. I'm like, eh, about it. Eh. I really want to ask is, do you see that on the Android side? Yeah. So I'll, I'll jump in because yeah. there is a YouTube channel that I follow called Mr. Mobile. He'd been around okay. forever. All the major phone companies send him phones by default mm-hmm. okay. way no in advance of big anybody influencer. else getting them. He's a big player in the YouTube space for phones and mobile portable devices in general. Okay, I've noticed over the last year when he talks about going from one version to another version of any particular phone, mm-hmm. whether it be Android, which he mostly focuses on, sometimes he shows okay. some iOS wear and stuff like that. But anytime he's talking about this stuff, almost I can almost predict what he's going to say in that it's a little better. Yeah. It's not, yep. you know, replacement better. It's rare that he comes across a device that changes the game so much. And I would imagine that part of that's the physical hardware, which he talks about. The camera is the Mm -hmm. same camera that it's been for the last three versions or the processor is not any better. But I know he really strenuously tests the devices like he uses them for a week, sometimes a year, and then gives you updates on, you know, how it's going it doesn't seem like anything is changing the game, which is what I think you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I am a notorious early adopter, as you all know. And it used to be, man, I, the new phone, the new phone, the new phone, I had to have the new phone. And for the first time, and I can't remember when, I can't even tell you for sure what version my phone is. I couldn't tell you if I skipped the last two or maybe three versions. Because it used to be like, man, this next one is really a game changer. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, that's a little better. Like you said, George, it's a little better. It's not $800 better. Right. (laughs) And I'm going to get a software update like you just got, Mo, the Mm -hmm. iOS 16 update, Mm -hmm. which by the way, congratulations. We were changing the font on our clock like five years, 10 years ago. So good job. (laughs) I don't care about that though. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. But you could, right? Apple is always about three cycles behind, but they do it better. Admittedly, their fonts are probably crisper. I don't know what the hell they do. Yeah, but but yeah. People are trying interesting new things in the space because they're out of places to go with the little black glass rectangle. It's mm-hmm. yeah. it's pretty damn good now. It can be faster and you know right. more megapixels or something, but not game changing. It's going to take somebody disrupting the space with some completely new idea yeah. to get us over this iterative leaps thing that we're in the middle of. You know, it's kind of like, okay, we have a horse and buggy. Holy shit, somebody invented a horseless buggy. That's kinda, <laughs> right. We yeah, haven't right. we yep. haven't gotten to that point yep. yet. Like mm-hmm. it was like, okay, my horseless buggy has a canopy. Okay, well, my horseless buggy can, you know, it's just little iterative steps. Right. Yeah. right. People try. They throw shit at the wall. They tried the Google Glass. Let's just put it on your head. Right. Let's put a chip in your hand, whatever. They keep trying, but nothing. Well, first it, of all, yeah, you I'm, haven't made it easier. It's like, like mm-hmm. a VR. It's like, yeah, it's right. interesting, but it's not easier. It's not more convenient. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm just like very unenthusiastic. Like you said, John, I remember early days, me and you were like, holy shit, new phone. Oh my God. The next new one. Have you seen iOS. it? Did you watch the press release? Yeah. And now I'll see it come up on YouTube like, oh, new phone. I didn't know that was coming. It used to be I yeah, knew it was on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they, they just released well, the 14. And we're at an age too where these changes that they make to these things, like like a point one more screen inch right. or whatever, right. or a 
point blah 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 megapixel increase to the camera those things aren't really noticeable for us now younger people may feel like those things are really noticeable (laughs) but they probably really aren't because they're kind of at this point almost beyond the human eyes capabilities with some of this stuff yep you know john it's like what we used to talk about back in the day before they really did make real leaps there was no point in having a graphic on a screen that was bigger than 72 DPI because the screen couldn't could not do show bigger right. than that. Yep. Right. Right. And when you downloaded it, it wasn't going to scale up anyway. So, right. right. It was still going to look yeah. like a jagged bitmap thing. So, who cares? Well, now yeah. maybe they'll get to that with the phones. I don't see it happening in the next five years, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we're about done with the phones as they are. <laughs> something, something has got to give. Yep. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Pour on the power, go for the glory. This is the story of what you're made of. Be, give strength, it helps you do it. Be, give strength, it helps you do it. Beef in a balanced diet is one of the best sources of protein, iron, and B vitamins going for a whole new pride in strength. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, All right, gentlemen, time to talk about games. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of afraid to ask John what games he's playing based on what he wrote in our list. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time for me that I've ever repeated myself. It wasn't my intent. <laughs> Last time I talked about the Atari recharged version of Yar's Revenge called Yar's yes. Recharge. Oh, yes. Remember I talked mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, it's a reimagining of the 2600 title that we all love. And I talked about it. I did a review on YouTube which Mm -hmm. Mo will give you a link to throw down in the show notes if you would. Absolutely. And I like it. I like it a lot. And normally I would have played another game by now. However, this fucking Yars Recharged has got me coming back again and again and again. <laughs> Is it just that good that you're just going to keep In a way, it? So kind of, kind of. Okay. So here's the thing I can't figure out. <laughs> Unlike any other game in recent memory, it's stuck in my head for an action game. Like a big adventure games, of course, I'm thinking about how I'm going to go back to Vice City and what I'm going to do to find the mob bosses and stuff. We have a story, but this is a Twitch arcade game. And maybe this is the biggest compliment or maybe the biggest insult to this Yards Recharged. <laughs> But it's the first time maybe since I played on my 2600 that a game was in my head so pervasively that I was playing it in my spare time between meetings at work when wow. I'm when I'm watching TV or doing something else, you know, because it's a quick game. You have one life. You play it through. And I was just playing along and I thought I was done. I thought I'd seen all that had to had to see. But you remember that these missions that are like special structured single task parts of the game. Yeah. You know, beat these two guys or you have this super maze to get through or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
first 20 or so of those, or I, mean, I think there's 30, 50, I don't know. First half of them or so, cakewalk. I'm like, I'm bored. I think I'll just finish them. Just knock it out. Well, I got about just past the midway point and the difficulty ramped up to what felt, first of all, I was furious. Like, it's not fair. <laughs> it's impossible. It's getting difficult. And then I found out, oh, wait a minute. They are giving me ways to figure out these puzzles. Like, oh, maybe if I don't kill everybody around him, I won't speed up first because there are triggers that make things speed up. Look, I, I've talked about this game already before. I don't want to talk about it a ton again now, but if you were looking at it, if you're thinking about it, if you continue to play it beyond just seeing what it has to offer, there's more to it in those missions that you can go back and it pulls you in. I feel I'm mad at the game because <laughs> I won't let me win, but I'm also happy with the game because for that $10, I've gotten more enjoyment out of this one than any of the other recharge games because they chose to ramp up the difficulty. Now, George, you had said you're not a fan of these because they're so fast paced. Mm -hmm. You might not appreciate this amped up difficulty. For someone that likes a challenge, that likes your super meat boys, the seemingly impossible mm -hmm. game kind of things, it gets pretty damn hectic. And if I do clear a level, which I have that I've been stumped on for days, <laughs> you feel like a king. You're like, I finally <laughs> beat this son of a bitch. <laughs> So that's really what I wanted to cover because I, I feel like I didn't talk about because they hadn't seen that part of it yet. And now I have. There's a lot more to it and a longer life than what you might think as just a little Twitch game. So if you're looking at it, give it a second look. Check out my review and okay. then kind of look online to what people are talking about these missions because they get pretty damn devious and they're a lot of fun. So nice. Anyway, so that's a repeat. I'm sorry I repeated. There was enough there okay. to talk about, though. George, I'll hand it back over to you. You have probably have something that is not a repeat. I'm happy to hear what it might be. Well, it's not a repeat for us. It's been out there for a while so some people probably right. already know about it well but we're old it's old that's fine yeah uh <laughs> you guys remember with sfge and i made the comment that i noticed there were more pinball machines than video games at that and i enjoyed that part of the convention yeah. more than oh, I. Yeah. you were kind of happy with that yeah, yeah. right well there was a uh, humble bundle that came out recently called the starlight children's foundation bundle it was ten dollars for everything that was in the bundle and okay. i picked it up yep. because it had some of those lego star wars games and i realized i didn't have them in steam and i'm like okay it's ten dollars sure. Let me pick up the bundle. What I didn't expect was some of the other things that came with it. What it provided were some DLC packs for a free game called Pinball FX3. Oh, okay. Oh, I played sure. earlier versions of that. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, I played on the Xbox a long time ago, I yeah, think. Yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. ago. So this came out in 2017, apparently, this version. It's on Steam. Okay. It's on PC. I don't know if it's on other platforms, but it's at least there. Mm -hmm. It's free with in-app purchases, which are the tables themselves, as you would sure. imagine. That makes sense. Uh, developer and publisher Zen Studios. I'll give you the, the synopsis that was on Steam, Pinball FX3. Three is the biggest, most community-focused pinball game ever created. Okay. Multiplayer matchups, user-generated tournaments, and league play create endless opportunity for pinball competition. And let me tell you, that's all there. Every bit yeah. of that statement is there. Currently on Steam, there are 35 different DLCs that you can purchase. Most of them are packs of pinball machines. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's one or two of them that are a single pinball machine. My guess is because the IP, the property that mm -hmm. oh, they licensed for... was very expensive. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, they range anywhere from $299 to $1499. The add-on packs. For gotcha. the add-on DLC. Mm -hmm. uh, the Humble Bundle gave me four Star Wars packs and mm. seven Marvel packs. Oh, nice. It's like 12 packs. Just what was the bundle? I have to know how much the bundle cost. The bundle, like I said, it was $10 for the whole oh, I missed that. 10 oh, bucks. What, what a yeah. steal. Oh, okay. what a steal. And of course, I bought it for the Lego Star Wars stuff. I didn't even oh, think about this. I saw pinball that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know the pinball crap was in there. Exactly. It was way down at the bottom of the list, <laughs> probably in the $1 part. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. 
those Star Wars packs and those Marvel packs, each one of them have multiple pinball machines. I've played several of the pinball machines. My wife has played several of them because she really likes pinball. Nice. And let me tell you, the physics are just as you would imagine. They're very, very good. I found myself doing the thing you do when you play pinball if you're an old head like we are. I was leaning one way or right. bumping on <laughs> my body desk. Like, that's going to help. <laughs> yeah. The pinball fields are very interesting. They're not mm. repetitive. And because it's digital, of course, they can do things with them that you yep. can't do in the real world. Characters would pop up when you were on a mission. I love that part because oh, you know wow. when you go to a mission on a regular pinball machine, mm-hmm. it's just in the little LED. You got to read it on the DMD up there, right? Yeah. yeah. But this, like, I had to do some mission with Obi Wan Kenobi in one of the Star Wars pinball games. So there's Obi Wan Kenobi popping up, and I think it was oh, like right. take down the shield generator. And so mm-hmm. there was some stormtroopers off to the side with the generator. Fun, fun, fun game, and you can get into it cheaply. Like I said, you can start at yeah. three bucks. Just pick the ones you want. And play. That's cool. The tournaments and stuff I haven't done, the match stuff I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. But like it said, you can create your own tournaments. That's- so if you don't want to buy the pinball machines that other people have a tournament going on, mm-hmm. if you have a pinball machine you like, start a tournament. It's just like any of those other games like Worms, like we used to play, where you just create oh, right. your own room and let people join it. Nice. That's dope. But I remember the original pinball effects already had great physics yeah, and great really, display yeah, really and everything. Good. And I can only imagine this iteration. I don't think I've played three, maybe. You're right. It was probably one or two that I remember from back right. in the day. But yeah. Oh, I got to keep an eye on those bundles better in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I enjoyed playing in, since our last podcast. Mo, why don't you talk about the thing? you've been playing sure so this actually is a board game card game and nice. actually i have john to thank for introducing this to us but i went out and bought it right after us because it was just so much fun okay. it's called chronology oh okay have you ever heard yeah. this one i know john obviously does because it was his game but george have you heard this one no i don't think i've heard of it no. it's a super simple game you get a box of cards all the cards have some historical event with a year. Okay. You pick one at random, and then the person to your left picks a card and reads the event without giving away the year. And you have to say whether it becomes before or after the card that you have. Ah, okay. But as it progresses, you have to say whether it is between cards. Mm. So if, if you're right, you win that card. You win that right? card. And the yep. goal is to get 10 cards. You get 10 cards, mm-hmm. you win. Gotcha. And if you can't, if you're wrong, the next person gets a chance to guess. It goes all around the table. And it's just super easy. I mean, that's that's pretty much all the rules. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun because we were playing the night and oh my God, it was so annoying. A person got like Watergate and like Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then the third event, I'm like, you think it's in between those two? <laughs> you know? yeah, maybe. It's like getting Ace and Deuce when you're playing yeah, Ace exactly. It is. It's Ace and Deucey. Right. right. Yeah. But then it'll come to me and it'll be, right. okay, well, my range, like something happened clearly in the 70s and they give me like, oh, Watergate and landing on the moon. I'm like, well, damn it. It's somewhere in here. Is it right after, <laughs> right before? Is it just before? Is it just after? Depending on what cards you have. It was just a lot of fun to play because also you feel stupid sometimes. Sometimes you feel really smart, but generally it was just really quick, easy to learn. And really I liked about it is that you could play this with your parents. You could play this with pretty much anybody who's like mm-hmm. not a, probably in elementary school, <laughs> even that yep. in some cases. And everybody just has a blast. You know, you get it on Amazon, I'll throw a link on there for it. But I just think it's one of my, probably it's going to be an easy go-to game that mm-hmm. I'm going to keep in the uh, the chamber. 
chamber. It's unassuming too. Like you look at the cards and it's dates and events and you're like, yawn, I'm not a history yeah. buff. Who cares? Yeah. And it's really funny because somebody misses it and you're like, I know this one. I know. I know. I know the right answer. I'm not even guessing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's called Chronology. It's called Chronology, Chronology. Card Game is the official title. Okay. I'll throw a link on there. But if you're looking for a simple, mm-hmm. really fun, easy to teach game, I, I don't think you can go wrong with this one. Yeah. It's a good one. Nice recommendation. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, yeah. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. What does the new Sunbeam Professional Food Processor have that this Cuisinart doesn't? An easy food conveyor system? Oh, yes. No. And easy automatic pulsing? Of course. Uh-uh. What about power and capacity? Four quarts. Just three. Who has a three-way food pusher? I do. I don't. And the Sunbeam even costs less. It waltzes away with the honors. Before we wind it up for this edition of the show, it is time to talk about the things we are looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And I am eager to hear what you have on the horizon, George. Yeah, um, well, oddly enough, three shows that I watch religiously are all dropping on the same day. Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, and Law and Order Organized (laughs) Crime, September 22nd. They're all premiering on that same day. It's all season 73. Yeah, right. Really? (laughs) Pretty close. I even think about how many episodes are of that. Oddly enough, SVU has more seasons than Law and Order because Law and Order was off for really? several years. I yeah, the Law and Order is starting 20th okay. and SVU is starting 22 because wow. Law and Order was off the air for like 10 years. Jeez, that's a lot of episodes. Holy mm. cow. Yeah. Another thing I'm looking forward to, John, one of our favorite games from back in the Amiga days, The Secret of Monkey Island has a new game coming out called Return really? to Monkey Island <gasps> on September yep. 19th. It looks <gasps> good. It's going to be oh. available on Switch and PC. I've even seen um, an interview trailer oh. piece with the guy who does Guybrush Threepwood's voice and he looks nothing like the character whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Uh, But the thing I'm looking most forward to is on September 21st on Disney Plus, the new series in the Star Wars universe, Andor. Yeah. Mm. That looks really good. So this is the guy who was in Rogue One, which is arguably one of my favorite non-original trilogy films in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I think I'd even place it above the third film of the original trilogy. Like, this is probably my third favorite film in the Star Wars universe. Wow. Uh, Andor was obviously a major character yeah. in that. Well, wait, Andor is a person? I thought that was a planet that got <laughs> yeah, blown no. up or something. So, 
This is Cassian Andor. He is the thief turned rebel oh. spy from the Rogue One. I like Star his character oh. too. I don't know all their names. I also yeah, it's hard to keep track. Right. Well, he's a great character. You know, he had the snarky robot mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. uh, voiced by one of our favorite uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. yeah, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Right. Yep. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a prequel well, to Rogue One. Has to be, doesn't it? So, well, <laughs> <it's> about yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. it looks to be really fun. It's on Disney Plus. They have really done well with the Star Wars properties. I think uh, they've been uh, very respectful of the properties. So nice. I'm really nice. looking forward to that. John, what are you looking forward to? Uh, so a couple of things. There's a, a revival of a show I didn't know I wanted to see. Quantum yeah. Leap is making a return mm. to television. September 19th on mm-hmm. NBC. And I was not a religious Quantum Leap watcher. I love Scott mm-hmm. Bakula. I love the premise of the show. Watched a couple of them, but didn't watch it regularly. I know a lot of people really loved it. So I'm like, I'll watch the trailer for this one. And I watched the trailer. I'm like, damn, if that doesn't look really good. And I think maybe I'm ready for a modernized version of that show that I didn't invest too much in. Maybe I'll go back and look at the old one. I don't know. Speaking of a reboot, there's a new series called Reboot <laughs> coming <laughs> September 20th to who? Hulu, so and right around I the corner. I think that's like here. the third TV series with that name. Is it? Well, because there was like a cartoon in the late oh, right, 80s, right. early 90s yes. called That Reboot, was like a I digital Tron looking yeah. thing, right? Well, the premise of this one is more like what we've seen recently with it's about the cast of a TV show, an old sitcom that they've decided oh, to reboot. I see. Okay. Yeah. But all of the actors that played the characters have had lives between then and now, and they have totally different trajectories. You know, some of them want to do it. Some of them are in prison or something or have been in prison or some of them have problems. Whatever. I don't know all the details, but the people in this, like the premise, great. Who's in it? Oh, Keegan-Michael Key, Rachel oh, wow. Bloom, Johnny what? Knoxville, Holy, Judy Greer, what? Paul Reiser. I mean, it is a murderer's row of people I want to see doing funny stuff. So reboot coming September 20th on Hulu. I think it's going to be worth my time. Uh, and the thing I'm most looking forward to is a show that I think you guys told me about, Ghosts, the U.S. version yep. of that, uh, that yep, series. Yeah, that was Georgia recommended that yep. one. Yeah. I, and I've gotten recommendations from lots of people. Listeners mm-hmm. have told me about it and I, they're right. I watched the UK version too. It was great. But the second season of the US version is coming back September 29th on CBS. And I so enjoyed yeah. that show. It is one of the best ensemble pieces that I've seen in a long time. I'm ready to see more of that. It's just a simple supernatural sitcom. Like I haven't seen anything like that since maybe Bewitched or something. That's not so pretentious and full of itself. Right. It's just goofiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So yeah. Anyway, so that's what I got coming up. Mo, how about you? What do you got on the horizon? Well, nothing really original from you guys. Uh, Andor, obviously. <laughs> Definitely looking for that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. My girlfriend's off doing good works in another country, so I got some time, so I'm going to work on some videos <laughs> for our oh, YouTube channel. <laughs> nice. But really, I'm really looking forward to, John, what you brought up was the Quantum Leap, because mm-hmm. I love that show. I was a religious watcher of that one. I was so pissed the way it ended, and they kind of came back for a final episode, but I'm really looking forward to because also the lead actor, Raymond Lee, I don't know if you know him. John, you would know him from Kevin Go F himself. Sure. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. He was the old flame guy. In oh, it. right. And just the cast that they put together for this, it's just, mm. it, it looks like they might have done good justice of modernizing the show without making it like with still paying homage to the mm-hmm. original and it looks like they're just continuing it i think they're yeah. not rebooting it which i appreciate right, it's not a reboot right this is funny are we have another one of these george how much did you watch quantum leap a lot a little uh, yeah two three episodes oh really yeah, so you i like, like the premise of it like you but i didn't watch it religiously gotcha i wonder if it's gonna be one of those things where i never watched it mo watched a ton of it and george was in the middle we all we have those hits <laughs> a lot where that <laughs> happens usually yeah, usually yeah. it's it gonna be me and george against you mo we'll have a different perspective on the show i mean i'm yeah. curious 
curious to see how we look at it differently since we're all looking oh, forward to it. But yeah, but September 19th, I'm absolutely going to be watching this thing for sure. Sounds good. Yeah. A lot of great stuff on the horizon. It's going to make our future shows tough to stack and tough to pick which <laughs> things to talk about, but it's an embarrassment of riches. That's going to wrap it up then for this edition of the show. Don't worry. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week is the backtrack edition of our show. And you know, a lot of times younger listeners who didn't grow up as Gen Xers will ask like, how are you ever able to even leave the house without your cell phone? How did you get anything done? <laughs> well, look, there's nothing new under the sun. Every app that's on your cell phone today, there was a pre-smartphone way that we Gen Xers got that shit done some way, <laughs> form or fashion. We are going to run through what life was like as a Gen Xer through our day without a cell phone. Every function, every icon you click on, we had another way to get it done and we're going to talk about that Cool, coming up. Should be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all three appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. All right, if we're going to record, I'm going to stop eating Cheez Its. <laughs> That's very professional of you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't have any lunch today. My lunch Mo's was like, like, but I'm going to stop drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just pounded back another one. He's like, whatever. Cheez It or whatever. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I'm good with it. I had a shit day too, so. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.